is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 240 of the Influencers Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today I'm diving into how the gender and racial wealth gap has led to financial overwhelm with Anwi Ba. This is a conversation that is one that I think that so many more people are having around the country since so much has happened from the pandemic, but also from the different movements and politics that have happened. It's a conversation that I'm hoping you will definitely jump into with me. You're going to take away so much value from this, but also the idea of how you can make sure that you are planning for your financial wealth rather than just income. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Anwi. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Jenny. Totally, totally happy to be here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and really to dive in so that we can talk about the gender and racial wealth gap and how we can pertains to all of us as business owners. Before we do that, will you introduce yourself and your business to my audience? Absolutely. Hello, everybody. My name is Anwin Ba. I'm a business wealth strategist and founder of Wealth Fluency, helping successful driven business women who are struggling with the overwhelm of gaining control of their finances, attain financial independence so that you can have more F words, freedom, fun and family time. And that's what we're all about, right? <laughs> I love that's it. I I don't know if you saw my face when you went to go say afterwards. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What are you going to say? <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, I love it. Okay, that's excellent. So let's, now that we've kind of like eased up and everybody knows it's going to be one of those kind of conversations, um, how would you define the gender and racial wealth gap that we see now? Well, I'm really, really pleased that it's coming more to the forefront of the media. I'm, I'm really pleased about that because for a long time it's been almost in little silos and little conversations happening. So what it is, is that is basically the structural um, sexism and racism that compounds and contributes to the wealth gap. And basically it impacts um, things like politics, it impacts um, economics, it also impacts um, social economics as well and puts um, certain individuals of a certain gender or a certain race um, in a worse off situation. Yes, no, and I think you're absolutely right. They did; Those conversations did happen inside silos for such a long time. It wasn't something that was brought out into the media. And I think there are a ton more conversations, even here on the podcast, talking about it and trying to really see what we can do to make a difference for it. How are we all continuing to add to the gender and racial wealth gap within our everyday First of all, there's the gender one, and we have had a lot of movement happening um, in that space. So the greatest thing is that we all get together. So we look at the um, Me Too movement. We look at the Black Lives Matters uh, movement. And we say that when we get together, there's a lot of motion. So what's been happening is that there has been that collective against individual that hasn't been happening a lot and we're not necessarily looking at things as a collective and it's neither good or bad at the end of the day it's survival of the fittest right <laughs> so 
the airplane says, put on your mask first. And that's what we're trying to do. Put on our mask first, even before, you know, we can extend um, to somebody else. And for a long time, we've, out, we've been giving out of an empty cup. So we've just gone into that space of self-preservation. But that that backfires now because then everything, so any new laws that come out or when we're looking at budgets that come out from the government, we're always looking at how does this impact me? And it's just human nature. And that is basically exasperating it. And we all live, the pandemic has also kind of siloed us even more that the situations that would come across, we don't come across or certain things that we might see when we go to the supermarket, we do not see to be able to say, oh, this is happening. So that as well, exasperating it. Um, but the great thing is that we're talking about it a lot more. We have a lot of numbers um, around it as well. And a massive advocate of it is the Institute of Women um, in Policy Research. That's one in the States. And they have huge numbers. And being as huge as the States is, is kind of the benchmark of if it's happening in the States, it's probably happening in other countries at a certain level. So I kind of use it as, you know, a thermostat of, okay, if the state is saying um, a woman is earning eight cents to a dollar whilst the man is earning a dollar, then probably in other countries is that or worse. Yes. And I think that you're absolutely right. There are so many more conversations happening where they can be uncomfortable. They can feel emotional. Um, but I think that they're just so important that those conversations are happening because it has made people more aware instead of just that perseverance of themselves and living in their own little bubbles. It's forcing them to have these conversations that do put people on edge, but things that shouldn't have been happening for so long. So I just love the way that you're saying, you know, it was so focused on trying to persevere for yourself, but now we are starting to have more of these conversations and seeing where it can move us toward. Um, how do you believe that the race, gender and racial wealth gap has led to financial overwhelm? Well, that I'm, I'm going to st start going into numbers to kind of just set the scene of what is actually going on. So we have been speaking about the gender wealth gap but what has the focus has been was around income and income and wealth are two different things um, working to pay your bills is one thing and you end up in the little rat race on the hamster wheel and earning to build wealth is different because then you get more time back and you stop trading the time for money as much as we can that's what we're all working towards as business owners but we have to start somewhere so we have like women earning 80 cents to the dollar, whilst, um, which is, again, the income wealth gap. Then when you go into the wealth gap itself, it's larger. And what happens is that a single woman earns 40 cents to the dollar compared to a man. And then a black woman earns 20 cents to the dollar. And a Latino earns 8 cents to the dollar. So it you could see the income just keeps going down and down and down. And how do you, when you're earning 40 cents compared, you're losing out on basically 60 cents. How are you going to build wealth on that? So those are the kind of things that we, we look at in regards to how do we um, look at that. So it's almost a layered cake. You know that rainbow cake that when you cut in, it's like layers of rainbow. So it's not just one thing. It's um, layers of things. So we have the workforce and we have um, certain races or certain genders tend to be more in service or production. And also there, there's only so much 
income you can get to. And also only certain genders get to management. So again, a cap on income. And then we have poverty rates as well. We have unemployment. We have access to funding. There's a big push now for women to get more funding. We look at the statistics from, you know, venture capitals, um, crowdfunding, and we see women are not getting the money that um, we believe they should get when we compare it to ventures run by the male-dominated sectors and so forth. And then we have educational achievement as well. How many more people are going to university and how many more people are earning an education or professional education doesn't even have to be a degree of any sort. And all of that basically is that layered cake I'm talking about that compounds in the the wealth gap. And it starts a lot more earlier than just um, now, like recently, recently, I think was it the Women's Fund of Ohio that put out a stats that basically um, during the pandemic, it was the Latinos and the young um, young black uh, females that ended up being out of work because they were taking care. So they were either probably taking care of kids, they were taking care of parents, and they're out of work. But then when we look at the stats, we see, oh, the gap is shrinking the wealth gap is shrinking, but it's not shrinking because we're earning more. It's shrinking because we don't have jobs. We've lost jobs. So you're counting less people. So it's always, you know, look beyond the numbers. And so it's not one thing. It's layered. It's a cake. And we just have to basically do it in our own little spheres of what we know and how we can influence it. That analogy is perfect. My, it's exactly what I was looking for to kind of break it down and make it sound just so much simpler. And I think too, the important part that you started off with, with explaining there's a difference between an income gap and a wealth gap. There's a difference in the money that you're trying to make for that, because the way that you described it as a rat race, and then the difference between the actual wealth of time for money, just so perfectly done. Um, When it comes to overcoming financial overwhelm, uh, because many people do, I think the, the, pandemic has kind of put people questioning, am I going to be able to continue? Am I going to be able to continue to grow my business? Is it going to be able to have consistent income coming in? So how can we overcome that feeling of financial overwhelm? This is your journey. Nobody else's journey. This is your motorway or highway, as we say in the States. This is your highway. This is your lane. There are no road signs. There are no rules stay in your lane and um, stop looking at the other person on the right-hand side, on the right lane, doing 70 an hour. That is, that is not you. you. So I guess accept where you are and your progress. Okay. So they might be going 70, but you're going 30, but you still have, you've done laps. So always appreciating the fact that I am moving, appreciate the fact that I am aware of where I am, appreciate the fact that I am acting on it. So what I would say is again, it's your lane. Go according to your speed, according to your progress. And it's easier said than done. Don't compare yourself with others. Okay. They might be driving a Ferrari. You might be driving a Mazda is <laughs> one of those things. And also I would say, break it down. When we look at it all, you know, I want to be a millionaire kind of scenario. A million is a lot of money. Let's start with, let me make 1K. In fact, even let me make $5. Let's stop. Just break it down into small sizes. Just think of it. I know we all want to buy our houses. We all want to, you know, have the 50K months. We all want these things in one form or the other. But go back to what is your why? Do you really need the seven bedroom house or a two bedroom house would do you? Because 
again, me impressing Mr. Johnson around the corner or me making sure that my parents see that I made it, it's not really going to help because at the end of the day, I'm with the mortgage and everything. And especially in the married married couples or when you're with a significant other, what I also say is make sure that whatever you embark on as a unit, you can manage on your own. So like we could get the million dollar house because it's part of us paying towards it. But God forbid anything can happen. Can you afford it on your own? Yes. And that is kind of the backdrop that um, you break it up. Positive mindset. Let's start with that. That's the first thing, actually. The positive mindset that you can do this. Yes. And I love that it's broken down into that baby steps, but also coming back to your why. Because it is, I think, a common misconception that we see all the time, especially on Instagram, where all you see is the highlight reel, everybody doing all the wonderful things that they're doing when they hide half of the other stuff that's happening. Um, But I think that knowing where you're going to be satisfied, what your goals are. Does it make sense for you to run a million dollar company when in you're having to pay $750,000 of that out and you're stressed to the max because that 750 is going to build that team. And so would it make sense to be a smaller business, bring in 250 and have less stress and have the hours that you want. I think that that's what we often forget and even bring those numbers back. Like if we're talking 50 to 75,000, like what does that look like for your own mental health and for what you're trying to do with your life? I love the fact that you brought up your family because I think that that is so important that many of us start these businesses with the intention of helping our families and you know bringing in our own income starting off a small business and trying to you know contribute to the family wealth when we then forget and get all stressed out and then we're missing out on part of the time that can often be short when you have little kids and they're growing up so quickly especially when we have so many different things going on with the pandemic and everything else that has happened so so important um, I think to really start to think about where your why is coming from, what your goals are trying yes. to do. I love that you brought that home. And the analogy of keeping in your lane, it's just, it would be a better world if we worried less about what everyone else thought and more about what our ideals are and our values are for our family and for our own lives. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how is Wealth Fluency, your company, working with its clients to bridge the gender and racial wealth gap? What are you, how are you working with them? So what it is, is that in Wealth Fluency, we, we do it in three layers. And each layer is, again, to build on each other. And the first one is always self-optimization, um, optimizing yourself. So we talk about mindset. We talk about, you know, knowing the numbers that you need to know. You don't need to be an accountant. Your accountant can do that. But it's also empowering you as the CEO to be able to make those strategic decisions for your business. And also you being able to forecast, because at the end of the day, um, what Whatever your accountant does, if you think of yourself as a real company, whatever the finance department does, whatever the marketing department does, all goes back to the CEO. So is that happening within your organization or you've just employed these people and they're basically running and you do not really know. So it's always having that overall oversight. So it's self-optimization about optimizing you as a business owner. We've seen as well with bigger organizations like Uber, where the business outgrew the business owner. So we always want to keep ourselves marketable 
because again, we're marketing ourselves to our business, right? <laughs> and our business is employing us. And then the second layer would be business optimization. How are you optimizing your business? Does it work for you? Do you want the four-hour week, the two-hour week, or the no-hour week? So that means you, you get people in to run it for you and you just sit down and follow some other passion. How are you optimizing it? And are you are we making sure that you're building a business that supports your lifestyle or your business has become your life? Is that what you want? So that is all around business optimization. And this includes, again, you as the business owner. Then the final step would be the legacy optimization. How am I optimizing my legacy? Um, how am I exiting my business? Do I plan on exiting my business? And we, we might not like it, but we're not immortal as yet. So we are going to exit. We're exiting our business and we're going to exit this life form. Have we thought about it? And does that have an impact on our business model? Does that have an impact on the way we're arranging things for our kids? Are we going to have a living inheritance or we're just going to leave everything at the end so that then the kids have to pay inheritance tax on that? How are we going about that? So that is, again, legacy, legacy optimization. And the most important thing is that all these decisions don't have to be made now. It's you understanding that, okay, it has an impact. And if I say I am going to go for personal brand, so I am the face of it, how do I hand that over? How is my son or my daughter going to take that over if they want to, you know? Those, just those little, little thoughts that might come into your day-to-day -to, -day to change or give more richness to your decision-making. And that's what Wealthfluency does, just allows a business owner to turn your business from income generating to wealth building. So we're doing more than just paying our bills. We're actually building wealth that we can hand over to our kids or look at new opportunities. You know, many, so many things. The most important thing is options. I want every single woman to have options. So, so many options. And I'm talking so much more about it now because since the interview with Harry and Megan, um, for crying out loud, <laughs> she's a princess. Yeah. You know, us, Walt Disney, she's a princess, right? But she couldn't, um, that didn't stop her from facing racism. But because she had the wealth, she was able to take herself away from a situation she felt was toxic, from people she felt was not good for her mental health. How many women do we know that stay in jobs, stay in relationships because they do not have the wealth, they do not have those options to be able to say, screw this, not for me. That has really brought to the fact that we have a wealth gap. It's not the racism thing, it's having the option to be say, screw this, I'm moving on, I'm getting my own flat or getting my own apartment and just stay on my own because I don't have to think of, oh, do I have the deposit? Do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have the credit? Options. So that's what Wealthfluency is about, giving people options. So smart. If you could give one step that they could take today for someone that's in a similar situation that you're speaking of, where they are dealing with racial biases in the workplace, and they're trying to build that wealth for themselves, what would be the one step you would tell them to take today to help them build towards that wealth and having the money to be able to take charge and be able to say, like you said, screw this, I'm leaving. I'm done with this company. I'm going to go do my own thing. What would be that one step that you would tell them to, to, to take? Okay. I would almost say what is within your control? Start from there. Because usually in these situations, there's a lot going on. There's a lot floating in our head. And there are many pros and cons that we're considering. 
start with what is in your control. What can I control? That is the best thing that you can do. And then from there, what has the biggest impact? What would move the needle in where you want to go? in the goal you're trying to achieve and start with the thing that is going to move the needle the biggest. And it might be a large thing. So you want to, you know, bite size. What can I do? Um, James Clare's book, Atomic Habits. What is the 1% I could do every day to get me towards that goal? Don't overcommit yourself. Don't go cold turkey. It, it never works. <laughs> what is the 1% you can do every day towards that goal, towards moving that needle towards where you want? And this is all within your control. You can't change people. You can't change culture. You can't change organizations. You can do you and you can change what you do. And definitely you can change how you react to the situation. And when you have an end goal in mind, you can withstand a lot more to get you to the end goal, especially like, okay, I gave myself three months to, you know, get my six uh, months income under my belt and then I'll move on. So within that three months where, you know, you have to hang in there before your exit, you say, okay, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's on my nerves again, but it's three months. I've got an end goal. This is within my control. I know I'm getting out. And that just keeps it into context and you don't feel so overwhelmed by the darkness, so to say. Yes. So good. And I think that that applies to anyone, whether it's racial or whether it is gender related than biases, because I think there are also a lot of listeners too that are female that are working maybe in a full-time corporate job where they're just not happy with what it looks like, whether they're dealing with biases or not, but they want to take that next step to be able to be on their own, doing their own business. So I think that that's great to be able to say, you know, the things that you can control and have that three month goal in mind so that you can walk away from it and do what it is that you're passionate about and where you can see your business moving forward too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's for your mental health. That is the best thing you can do. And it just puts you in that happy place where you feel you are in control. Yes. No, a hundred percent. I mean, where are the best places to connect with you? We're going to make sure, obviously, to link to your um, website in our show notes. But where else can people connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn, most definitely. That is my treading ground. And you can find me on and off on um, Instagram as well. Okay, excellent. We are going to make sure to link to those in the show notes as well. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me and share your knowledge with my audience. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jenny. I really appreciate it. And I love your open heart approach to having these conversations because it is uncomfortable and we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Again, that's where growth happens, right? (laughs) As business owners. So thanks again for holding the space. Of course. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. I'm hoping that you were able to take away so many different aspects of this conversation that you can apply to your business and your everyday life. It's really not about comparing yourself to everyone else. It's about deciding with your family, significant other, husband, wife, whatever that might look like, what your goals are for your family and getting on the same page about it. As always, you guys, I appreciate you so much when you take the time to leave a review on iTunes. It takes two seconds to leave a quick rating and review, and it helps so much for me to be able to get great guests like on me. I will make sure that when you do to send you a quick message on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, 
from me thanking you for taking the time to fill out that reading review. All right, you guys, until next time, I will see you all then.